we do finish well. It's easy to have a good start. It's far better to finish well. Paul said, I have finished my race. He's run my course. And that's what the Lord wants for each and every one. I was praying about this meeting for some time. I want to be, whatever I preach, I want to honor the Lord. I want to encourage the pastor and I want to edify the people. And this church is special to me. I've been coming here for a long, long, long time. And back when it was at a school, I preached for it several times. But it's especially special to me since Pastor Mason came here. I pray for your church every week. I text him usually every Saturday. Let him know I'm praying for the services on Sunday. And I pray that God will do a work here. And with that in mind, I'm going to speak tonight on the subject, how to help your family and your church go on to greater victories. How to help your family and your church go on to greater victories. Take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to, as Brother Bailey said this morning, the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter number 17. Exodus chapter number 17. We're going to begin in verse number 9. And I know some of you men are probably concerned. Pastor Mason usually finishes around 6, is that correct? On 6 o'clock. I promise we done no later than 6 hit or 6.15. I will tell you what Henry VIII told all six of his wives. I won't keep you long. So just got to listen and hang in there. So Exodus chapter 17, beginning in verse number 9. That's your historical tidbit for the day. Verse 9. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat there on, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. His hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisei. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I ask for your help in these next few minutes. I pray that what is said and done here will please you and will honor you. Lord, I admit publicly that I desire and I need your help. I want this to be a blessing, an encouragement, but yet I want it to be a challenge. We know that you're here with us because where two or three are gathered together, you're there in the midst. So Lord, I pray you'll work tonight. And I pray for having been here that our homes might be a little bit closer to being what you'd have them to be. And I pray that as church members, we would be a little bit closer to be the church members you'd have us to be. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to share with you four principles tonight that I believe if we will do them, it will help our family and help our church. You say, why are you mentioning family? This is not a family conference. Well, I believe strong families make strong churches. I believe everybody needs a Christian home, a church home, and a heavenly home. It's like the three legs of a stool. If you only have two of them, you've got a problem. You'll be constantly fighting for balance. You've got three, you've got support. It's good to know we're on our way to heaven. That's a wonderful thing. But you know what? God wants things to go forward for him right now. God tells us to occupy till he comes, to go forward, taking victory. Sometimes Christians say, well, I'm just holding on till the Lord comes. No, no, no. 
the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Gates are defensive. We're on the offensive. We're going forward for Christ. So how will we help our family? How will we help our church to go on to victory? Four simple principles. The first thing we see here, look at this passage, if you will. It says that in verse number 10, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. They went up to the top. You have to go uphill. It's harder going uphill than it is going downhill. I see some current students, some former students here, and uh, sitting down here with the guys, we, I saw Noah Wooster. He's from another church in the area. They're going to go on a hike tomorrow. You say, are you going with them? No, I'm going to Powell's Bookstore. Amen. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, no. I, I try to exercise every day on flat ground. I walked for about 45 minutes. It was such a beautiful night. And I walked till it got dark, and I couldn't read anymore. Then I went inside, and I read while I was on an exercise bike for another 45 minutes. But these young people, they go hiking. They're going to Silver Falls. Is that a good place to go? I hear it's supposed to be beautiful. You say, have you been there? No. I go to Powell's Books. But back to the story. If you're going somewhere, and you're trying to have a good view, you're trying to have victory, you're trying to win a battle, you've got to get the high ground. To get to the high ground, you've got to go uphill. Time will not allow me to say this, but I learned a long time ago that the view is different from the top. But it takes work to get to the top. So Aaron, her, and Moses set out for the top. The greatest Christian novel of all time is a book called Pilgrim's Progress, written by Bunyan. Bunyan wrote this for the Bedford prison where he was jailed for eight years. He tells a story of Pilgrim, also known as Christian, who was on a journey to the celestial city whose ruler and builder was God. It was an uphill journey. Now, there were times where little trails that went out this way or that way, and they were downhill, and it's easier going down than it is going up. But he kept going upward to get to his Redeemer, to his Savior. The Christian life was an uphill walk. Can I say this, friends? You can't coast well in the Christian life because it's an uphill journey. If your Christian life is in neutral, you will slow, you will stop, you'll start going the other way. you got to set out for the top. I wonder, did you do anything in the last week where you had to kind of go uphill? To go out of your way to be a blessing to somebody. To be an encouragement to someone. To reach in your pocket and take out a gospel track and say, hey, I've got some good news here for you. This will tell you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. I cannot tell you how many times I've sat at a gas pump. We've driven 5,000 miles about the last six weeks. And we sit there at the gas pump, and you know what's natural? You sit there and watch the gas numbers go around and get discouraged by how much you're paying for gas. Why not click that thing on or walk around and give out a few tracks to people? That would be setting out for the top. So if you want your family to have victory, and you want your church to have victory, you've got to set out for the top. It's not easy, but the view is always better for the top. The Battle of Gettysburg was won because Little Round Top and Big Round Top were held by the Union troops. So when Pickett made his charge, he had to try to get to the top, and they were mowed down like sheaves of wheat because someone had already had the high road. Someone had already attained the top. Can I say this, ladies and gentlemen? 
I hope in your family you say, you know what, I'm going to be willing to go uphill. Maybe going uphill in your family is having daily devotions. Every parent should read their Bible every day. By the way, it's good for your children to see you reading your Bible. By the way, it's good to have family altar. Our children ought to know that we tithe and give offerings. The tithe is paying what we owe. Offerings are showing we love God. It's worth it. It's a good thing. It's uphill, but it's a good thing. So if you're going to win a victory, first of all, you have to set off at the top. Secondly, this is interesting. This so is, is so true at a church. And I hope you'll get this. I grew up, my dad pastored the same church for 50 years. And I've seen people who help the pastor. I've seen people who hurt the pastor. And most people do nothing. But God did not save us to sit. He saved us to serve. It says this. He said, I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. And Moses and Aaron went up the top of the hill. And when they came to pass, and Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, that Amalek prevailed. Verse 12. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. It gets tired standing all day. When I was in Bible college for three years as a student, and another three years when I was on staff, I worked at a restaurant in St. John, Indiana. Literally, many a time, I would never sit down one time on an eight-hour shift. We didn't have break times. OSHA would have got him. We came to work, we worked. He didn't want us leaning on the counter. He said, just keep working. He gets tired standing there. But that was inside of a place where I was out of the sun. Imagine what it would be like in Israel, the Middle East. On the top of a hill, I guarantee you no trees there. It's desert landscaping. Standing there, holding up a rod, I can imagine sweat running down his body. And Aaron Hurst said, you know what? He's getting tired. And the Bible says they set out a stone for him to sit on. Now, by the way, it wasn't a little rock. That'd be easy to kick over. You don't sit on a rock. You sit on a stone. I don't think they went to the top of the mountain with digging implements. They probably had their staves in their bare hands. I could see him digging around a big boulder and digging down, digging down until they could finally roll it out. And they rolled it over to Moses and said, sit on this. It took some work to set out a stone. Do you set out a stone for people in your family? When my wife had our second child, they were born 18 months apart. And I remember one time I did not set out a stone. My wife was nursing a newborn infant, and our other daughter was 18 months old, and she started crying. I was working three jobs. My wife was able to stay home with the kids, so I figured that was her deal. Amy was crying. I got up at one elbow. I said, Amy. I said, be quiet. Your mother will be with you in just a minute. My wife looked at me. She said, you're unbelievable. That was not a great commendation. I quickly realized it was my time to get up and get going. Set out a stone. Now, can I say this? It's easy to kick over a cardboard box. But I never sit on cardboard boxes. Maybe if you're three years old, you could do that. Cardboard box doesn't give a lot of support. Now, it doesn't take a lot of work to get it over to someone in the family or to a pastor or a staff member. We just kick it over. Boom, there we are. So are we setting out stones or are we kicking over a cardboard box? How are we lightening the burden of others in our family? 
I certainly have not always done what I should, but when my wife was expecting, I did the vacuuming. I did the cleaning of the dishes. She was still working at that time. She was great with child. I knew it was time to step up. By the way, many hands make the burden light. So the first thing we see that they did was they set out for the top. The second thing they did was they set out stones. But thirdly, look at something else they did here. Rather interesting. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were heavy. They took a stone and put it under him. Look at this next part. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. Now, I think the strongest guy in here, well, one of the stronger guys anyway is Adam. Adam, come on up here for a second. You're my illustration. That's right. Mr. Wolf, come on up. I'm going to give you a chance to earn some money for your wife and kids. Mr. Wolf, you think that's a good idea? Absolutely. I have a very simple task for him. We have a chair here. It weighs about 15 or 20 pounds. I want you to hold it. Have the open part face out towards the audience. Just like that. Put your arms under the chair, reach all the way through, and grab the front legs. Perfect. Just like that. Now keep your elbows straight. And I want you to hold it there for just 20 minutes. Now, <laughs> why are you laughing? Honestly, I know Adam's strong. He's my friend. He's always an encouragement when I'm here at Timberline. Elbow straight. There we go. Come on now. There we go. Just like that. Good. How are we doing, Adam? Pretty good? Great. You've already got about 30 seconds in. So, 20 minutes. How many think 20 minutes, $20 would be fair? His wife's going, no, more, more, more. Yeah, yeah, bring it up. She says 50. A little on the greedy side sometimes, huh? Yeah, okay. I, what was that? So many moles, so little time. Okay, I got it. All right, moving on. Can I say this? It's not a super, super heavy burden. But it gets rather onerous when you're doing it by yourself. And someone might say, well, Timberline's not a huge church. We pay Pastor Mason. We've got Brother Bailey. When you're doing it by yourself, no, no, come up, come up, here we go, there we go. It gets heavy really quickly. And I'm going to tell you this, friends. What helps is someone jumps in there and helps. They say, you know what? I don't want him doing it by himself. I hope you'll pray. I pray for Pastor Mason already for today and for this next week. 250 teenagers? That could impact our country. Could I have an amen on that? I know he's studying. I was asking what he's going to do. He had some book series, looking for illustrations, etc. Pray God will use him. So he's not here and sure what? God's using him. Pray for him. But the situation here is Adam holds us after a while. Peter and Jared, come up here for a second. How would you like to have some guys help you? Kind of be a blessing, wouldn't it? Sure. Yeah. Why don't you get to the other side there, Peter? You help on these legs. Got to lift up. How many think that maybe now he could hold it for 20 minutes? I'm not sure we got the pianist on one side. No, I'm just kidding. Got, I guarantee you he could because he's got help. Can I ask you a question? How did you help somebody this week? How did you help somebody in your family? How did you help in the church? The Lord Jesus Christ saved us not just to sit, but to serve. When we're like Jesus, we're serving. For the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. 
He doesn't ask us to give up our life, but he wants us to serve. Do you know Jesus had one prayer? I'll quote it to you. He said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he'll send forth laborers into the harvest. Laborers in the harvest. That's work. Work for the night is coming. Night cometh when no man can work. How about young people? Bear the yoke in your youth. God wants us to work. I've often said people who work hard get raises and get hours. That's true in life. I was at dad's home this afternoon talking about his daughter going to college. He says, how many hours did she get? I said, well, really, it's up to her. People do a great job, get raises and get hours. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that you put that down. Let's give a hand. How about it? They did a great job. Adam, that's worth a free CD. Come by the table. I told him it was worth a free CD. Sorry, Mrs. Wolf, no shopping money for you, okay? He's going, he said, make him stick with it. Push it, push it. Can I ask you this? How do you lift the hands of your spouse? How are you doing? By the way, it's not always physical. Sometimes it's by encouraging them. Let him know of love. Respect, etc. My wife is in Thailand. We had a new granddaughter born on July the 1st. So my wife thought it was a great excuse to leave me and go to Thailand. and helped my daughter for a couple weeks. She's got four kids now, eight and under. And uh, my wife and I just celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary on May the 26th. And you say, what would you do? We were on tour. And of course, my wife asked me, she said, would you take me out somewhere special for anniversary? I said, absolutely. She said, would you take me to that place where they fix the food in front of you and you get all that fresh food, those big knives and everything. I said, absolutely. So I took her to Subway and <laughs> no, I didn't really, I didn't really. Took her to Chart House on uh, Pier 39, San Francisco, right at the, then looking out over the San Francisco Bay. I'm going to say this. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm helping Elisa. She's trying to lighten her load. I FaceTime her usually twice a day. They're 14 hours ahead of us. I Texted her this morning at 7 o'clock, and she was getting ready for bed, 9 o'clock there in Thailand. And uh, every time I text her at night, though, you know what she's doing? She's watching the four-year-old while my daughter does homeschooling. She's taking care of the baby while my daughter's doing homeschooling. She's trying to lift up her hands. Can I say this? I want to lift up her hands. My wife's 64, I'm 62. She has one day of the week that's really a long day. It's usually Mondays. She teaches about four classes, then she teaches a night class of cooking. You know what I do on Monday nights? That's my night to give her a foot rub when she gets home. I want to lighten the load. I see somebody else likes foot rubs down here besides my wife, right down here, right? <laughs> is it him or is it you? Mm. You. That's my wife. That's her, that's her favorite. She's like, she'll take her shower and she'll walk out carrying a bottle of lotion. I know it's time. So I'll get in a good position where I can watch that Christian station, ESPN, and rubber feet at the same time, right? <laughs> For those of you who did not know that was Christian, that's Extra Spiritual People Network, okay? So you got that down. And she'll say, get comfortable so it could be a long one. You know what? She's worth it. By the way, how can you encourage someone in the church? I'll tell you right now, by being in your place. Well, people can count on you. We have a gentleman in our church. His name is John Tykert. John Tykert is the general over Edwards Air Force Base. He was saved at our church. Amazing speaker, MIT grad with a 3.96 GPA, GPA for MIT. 
His wife was teacher of the year of Annapolis. They're just amazing people. He never misses Sunday without texting pastor and letting him know where he's at. By the way, he's over 10,000 airmen at Edwards. He's also over Plant 42. That's the Lockheed Skunk Works, where they developed the stealth bomber, stealth fighter, the joint strike fighter. He's over both those sites. He's got a lot of people under him, 10,000 men, with the second largest land base in the United States. But he always lets his pastor know he's not going to be there. I think that's holding up his hands. Pastor, where's, where's General Tiger? Yeah. That's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to maybe let your pastor know when you're on vacation. By the way, everybody ought to take vacation. That's great. But text will say, Pastor, I'm on vacation. I want you to know that I'm praying for you. I'm praying for the service of Timberline. That's a way to hold up hands. Maybe when he comes back next week and he's here next Sunday, right about say, we missed you. We had Brother Bailey and that old guy from California spoke. We're glad to have you back. All right? Let him know that. That'll be an encouragement to him. So first they set out for the top. Secondly, they set out stones. Thirdly, they stayed up hands, but one more, and this is the important one. Look down here at the end, if you will. Verse number 12, the last line. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Can I challenge you, ladies and gentlemen? You're the faithful ones. You're out on a Sunday night. Most Christians in America are not in church right now. Do you know that? That's just reality of life. You're here. I'm proud of you. I think the Lord's proud of you. Your pastor is certainly proud of you. And Mrs. Mason's back there taking notes about who's here, so you're in good shape, okay? No, she's not really. She's not listening. She's playing with her grandchild. But moving on here. She's playing Nana right now, which is all awesome. Can I say this? As the faithful people here, his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Can I challenge you to keep going till either the trumpet sounds or till the Lord calls you home? Some of you here have had the privilege of retiring from your occupation. Congratulations. That's wonderful. I just finished 40 years as a college teacher. I'd kind of like to go 10 more. I think that'd be great. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But can I say this? If I retire from teaching, or at least being the vice president at 70, I want to keep serving God. I want to keep, keep teaching a Sunday school class. Keep going soul winning. Handing out tracts. Let a man of the Lord this week in, a tr- in the park. It was awesome. I've been praying to see someone get saved. And uh, God blessed. Amazing thing. I looked at, guys walking down the road. I started talking to him. I said, I looked at something in his hand. looked familiar. So what's in your hand? He had a track from Lancaster Baptist Church. And it wasn't from our tour group. I go, where'd you get that? Written by Paul Chapman. He goes, some guy in a wheelchair gave it to me. How great. I said, did you read it? He goes, no. I said, can I explain it to you? About 20 minutes later, he bowed his head and prayed, accepted Christ as a Savior. It's a great thing to do. It's a wonderful thing to do. But I want to keep on keeping on. I like the phrase of the Bible, his hand claved to the sword, or his hand claved to the plow. What a wonderful thing to be faithful to either the trumpet sounds or the Lord calls us home. You say, Dr. Rasmussen, I'm 60, I'm 70, I'm 80. I can't do what I once did. I understand that. But you can still do something. You say, I can't get out and walk and knock doors. You can do something. You can email your missionaries and tell them you prayed for them. It's free. Just takes a few minutes. I do six a week. That way I get through all our missionaries. We do about 270 missionaries. I get through them once a year. So I want you to know I'm praying for you. There's different things where you can pray for someone. You can write an encouraging note. Maybe you could visit a shut-in, visit a widow. Can I challenge your friend? Let's stay faithful till the battle's over. 
Do you want your family? Do you want your church to go on to greater victories? Then realize we're going to have to sit out for the top. Realize we're going to have to sit out some stones. Realize we're going to have to stay up some hands. And realize we really need to stay till the battle's won. Let's pray tonight. Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being here once again. And Lord, I pray you bless during this invitation time. I pray you'll speak to hearts. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wonder...